Hello and welcome once again to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman, alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. You see Joel on TV every weekend. For a long time now, he's hosted Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news alongside Kara Sundlin. He's written six of his own books. Well, more than that now. We, we stopped counting a long time ago, Joel. You have a lot of books. The most I famous do. one is The Money Map, but uh, I, I quit trying to keep up. So welcome and uh, always a pleasure to get some of your wisdom here on the program. Joel, I'm curious here out of the gate. Uh, Let's talk about this because I saw this survey, or actually I guess it was a collection of surveys, uh, that showed corporate CEOs and CFOs are pessimistic about the economy in 2020, but consumers are still optimistic. So who's right, the CEOs or the regular Joes? Well, and I've got an interesting addition there. I got an email from somebody who saw me talking about uh, the potential of a recession on Channel 3 and said, you know, I don't know what Basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but I don't know what planet you're on because there's no evidence that a recession is coming. So here's a example of where CEOs and CFOs feel like one thing, and part of it is they get paid to worry, and the consumers feel very differently. And the context of what I, and of what I was saying it around was the fact that the market's gone up for 10 years, so sooner or later the market's going to start going down. And that's really the context I was trying to get across because the bottom line is the market is a leading indicator. Traditionally, the market's gone up before the economy picks up and it's gone down before the economy goes down. And so CEOs and CFOs, they get paid to worry about what's the worst thing that could happen to their company. But at the same time, they do see some things out there that they see before we do. They see purchasing orders and patterns within their companies. They see sales patterns. They might see uh, that it's taking a little bit longer to collect invoices from customers and things like that. So I don't know that anybody's right or wrong, but I think as someone who's in retirement, if you are getting close to retirement or you are in retirement, you ought to be a little more cautious. It's much better to err on the side of caution than think that the recession is not coming this year and counting on that and designing your financial future in such a way where you need to be right. Makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't thought of it in terms of what you were just saying, that companies can see metrics that we wouldn't necessarily think about and certainly wouldn't have access to as regular folks. So they might be a little bit of the canary in the coal mine to an extent on some of those issues. By the way, John, I have a question. What does that phrase even mean? Canary in the coal mine? Yes. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, So back in the uh, old coal mining days, they would take canaries down in the mine with them because canaries were very susceptible to um, any like noxious gases or anything that might be drifting around in the mine. And so if the canary dies, well, that's a sign to the miners that they need to get out as quick as possible because there's something bad happening there. So canary in the coal mine means sort of like a, a harbinger of things to come if that makes sense. So please don't send me emails. I'm not advocating the canary in the coal mine technique of mining. But, well, we're, um, we're probably not even advocating coal mining, period, at this point. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> we certainly are not. So there you go. Everybody learned something. Um, we're going to talk in a minute about things in the financial realm that are underrated. But first, we're going to talk about some things that are overrated in terms of your financial life. So, Joel, well, m- maybe you'll have a different opinion. But I'm going to give you the item. You tell me if you indeed believe that it's overrated. If so, why? All right. So the first thing, and this will sound counterintuitive when I say it, but 
tax advantages. Why might tax advantages in something be overrated? Well, obviously, saving money on taxes is important. So taking advantage of opportunities to defer taxes or avoid taxes or create deductions is usually a good thing, right? How could it be overrated? Well, anytime tax advantages are being pitched as the primary advantage of an investment, you might be getting sold something and it may not be the best thing for you. So again, if a financial salesperson is somebody is giving you some investment recommendation or investment advice and they're saying the number one reason to do this is for taxes, be cautious of that. Doesn't mean it can't be the right thing to do. You know, there are all kinds of life insurance strategies that wealthy people implement uh, because of the massive tax advantages that life insurance and a trust can have. Um, There could be different types of real estate strategies. But just be careful that they're not hooking you in first with the tax strategies. You wouldn't buy municipal bonds just because the interest is tax-free. And you wouldn't buy an annuity solely for the tax deferral. You would buy those things because of the tool that they represent in the overall picture of your portfolio. And again, we want to look at investments that way, not be greedy for tax reasons. I cannot tell you over my 30-year career how many physicians I've seen get into all kinds of tax trouble because they bite on investments that are being sold by financial salespeople that they think, the physician thinks, is going to save them a lot of money on taxes. And physicians, because of their high income, are very driven by tax advantage investments. The salesman comes in, takes advantage of them, sells some kind of a tax scheme. They buy into it. Three, four, five years later, the IRS is coming back and saying, not only do you owe us the taxes that you would have paid had you not done this, but there are all kinds of penalties involved. So basically, you want the tax advantages to be another benefit, not the driving force necessarily behind why you would make a particular investment. How about rates of return, Joel? I know that a lot of people get caught up in, well, how much money am I making on my money? Why might rates of return be overrated? Well, we had a meeting about this earlier uh, this week with our financial advisors, and it's interesting, and and I'm going to say this, and people are going to think I'm wrong, but the more money somebody has the rate of return becomes less important. Now, I don't mean that rate of return is not important at all, but it's typically the much smaller investor that talks about, you know, did I beat the market last year? And they're talking to John at the country club or Susie across from them, uh, across the table from them. They're saying, well, my guy got me 17%. Well, my guy only got me 14%. All these discussions around rate of return the wealthier somebody is, and I don't mean ultra wealthy, like 20, 30, 50 million dollars plus. I mean that person that's just done a great job saving for retirement. Maybe they have a million, two million dollars. They've got no debt. They got a pension and social security coming in. They care more about the return of their principal and a reasonable rate of return. So again, a little bit like the tax situation, we don't want to completely be driven by rates of return. We don't want to be obsessed with some kind of a contest about rate of return. If you've won the savings game, if you've got to retirement and you've won the game, stop playing the game. Don't take more risk than is appropriate. Make sure you're investing for a reasonable rate of return. Some type of percentage above inflation might be 3%, might be 5% above inflation, and be happy that you made it. Do not count on a higher rate of return. That's where people get in trouble. Finally, Joel, commission-based investment accounts. A lot of people like the idea of a commission-based account. My advisor only makes money when he does something. Why might that be overrated, though? Well, the reason it's overrated is because you're not on the same side of the table as the advisor. If your advisor makes more money when they buy and sell things and they earn a commission, then they have an inherent 
benefit to buying and selling things. Now, let me just back up from here and say there is no such thing as a conflict-free environment. It just does not exist, and I'll prove it to you. Does an orthopedic surgeon make more money if they do a knee replacement versus sending you to physical therapy? Obviously, they make more money if they do a knee replacement. So there is a conflict of interest. You are trusting that that orthopedic surgeon is going to do the right thing to act in your best interest. It's the same thing in the financial world. It's the same thing in many, many other places. So we're never going to remove the conflict of interest. But most financial advisors have moved to a model where they earn a fee based on the amount of money that they're managing, which puts them on the same side of the table, on the same team as the investor. If the account grows, their 1% or so is going to be on a bigger amount of money. They're going to make more. If the account shrinks, the advisor gets penalized because that 1% they may be billing is on a smaller amount of money. So they win when the client wins. They lose when the client loses. And that's why most advisors, again, have gotten away from commission-based investment accounts and gone to fee-based investment accounts, the type of accounts that we manage here at my firm. And so are commission-based accounts overrated? Most likely. The only place where I guess they wouldn't be is if you're managing your own money. Most people should not be doing that. But if you're managing your own money, now the big firms have gone to zero commission. So even in that case, they're not overrated because they don't exist anymore. Jill, I think a lot of people, maybe when they listen to this show, they hear you say things that maybe are counter to what they've always assumed as it relates to their money. And I think a lot of it is because so much of financial media is just an echo chamber where everybody says the same thing and there's not a lot of thinking outside the box or creative thinking or even just thinking about something in terms of what works for one person may not work for the other. It's, you can't just be blanket advice that everybody gets. So if somebody wants to come and, and drill down a little bit more on some of these issues and, and talk through what some of these questions might look like in their case, how do we make that happen? Well, give us a call and come on in and visit. We don't charge for that initial visit. Um, We will do a financial plan. We'll do a money map plan for you. Um, But you have to understand our philosophy before you make that call. Our philosophy is safety first. We want to protect the safety of your principal when at all possible. We want to keep things very simple. You should be able to understand what you're doing. And it doesn't mean your investments aren't working hard for you, that they're not sophisticated. It doesn't mean we're not very sophisticated. We have many certified financial planners inside our firm. We do very sophisticated planning, but it should be kept simple and being communicated to you. Think of Warren Buffett, considered one of the best investors in the world, and he keeps things just totally simple. The other is reasonable rate of return. I talked about this a little earlier. Our clients want a reasonable rate of return. They're not trying to hit home runs because if you try to hit home runs, you're going to strike out. And the cost is way too high if you are somebody who's won the savings game. So that's our philosophy. If that sounds good to you, give us a call. Come on in. We'll do a review of your portfolio. We'll analyze it for the type of risk that you're taking because most people are taking more risk than is appropriate, more risk than they realize they're taking right now. We'll do an income analysis that projects out the income you can earn off your investments, off your savings, off pensions and Social Security for the rest of your life to make sure you are not going to run out of money. We call all that our Money Map Retirement Review. We make it nice and simple to communicate with you, and we put your whole financial life on one page. So give us a call. Again, no obligation. You'll come into one of our offices, visit with us, and if we can help you, great. We'll let you know. If you're doing well, we'll let you know that too. Uh, The number to call is 1-800-705-1232. Once again, that's 1-800-705-1232. 
3-2. Call, leave a message. We'll get back to you and set up a time to visit. Or you can text. Just leave your name and number on the text, and we'll give you a buzz back. Actually, we don't need your number. We'll have your number. So if you text us, just leave your first and last name, and we'll give you a call back, or we'll text you back and set up a time. Couldn't have made it any easier for you if we tried. So go ahead and reach out while it's on your mind. Let us know you'd like some help. We'll reach back out to you later and figure out how to make that all work for you. 800-705-1232 is the number to call. That's 800-705-1232. Call or text, whichever's easiest for you. We'll connect with you later during regular business hours and find a time to get you in for your Money Map Retirement Review. Remember, you will get a copy of one of Joel's books whenever you come in for your review. 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. We'll answer a couple more mailbag questions later on in the show, Joel. But I wanted to give you one right now. This is from John, not me, but a different John, who says, I'm 67, so I've reached full retirement age for Social Security, but I don't have plans to retire anytime soon. Should I go ahead and start my Social Security now or just wait until I'm done working? Great question, John. And the first question I'm going to ask you is, do you need the money? Um, Because if you don't need the money, then this gets into a whole other discussion. But if you need the money to live on, even though you're still working, trigger your Social Security. Now, I'm going to guess you don't need the money. Um, Typically, people that absolutely need the money would not ask this question. So um, you're saying, should I trigger the Social Security or should I not trigger the Social Security? It depends on a couple things. Number one, how long are you going to live? Number two, do you have other savings other than a pensioner or Social Security that you don't control? So let me give you two quick examples. One is, let's say your parents, your brothers, your sisters live well into their 90s or your brothers and sisters are expected to live well into their 90s. Your parents did, your cousins and aunts and uncles did. You have a long life expectancy. May make sense to wait as long as possible to trigger Social Security. I'll give you another example. Let's say you retire and you absolutely need $3,000 a month and your choice is to take it from Social Security or to take it from your 401k and leave Social Security alone. I could make an argument that you should take it from Social Security and leave your 401k alone because you have control and flexibility in your 401k account not in Social Security. Now, those are just examples. I'm not telling you what to do, John, and none of you listening to me right now, please don't act on that advice. Everybody's situation is different. That's why we actually do a custom Social Security analysis for you when you come in. So if you want that custom Social Security analysis in a little while, we'll let you know how you can come in and visit. Um, But for you, John, if you don't need the money, you're still working and you have a decent life expectancy, I'd probably forego Social Security. Let it build up a little bit more. We'll answer questions later on in the show from Meg and Eric, but wanted to go ahead and answer that one now. So hope that helps you. Uh, We talked earlier, Joel, about some things in the financial world that are overrated. If you missed that discussion, well, you can't just rewind on the DVR. Somebody Somebody should invent that, Joel. DVR for radio. So you get in the car and you're In the middle of a discussion that you missed the first part of, you could just rewind and hear the beginning of the discussion. That's let's make a note. Let's invent that. Yeah, Uh, you've just told that to twenty thousand people, John. So we're (laughs) oh well. That's that's not helpful. Somebody else beat us to it. Uh, Well, if you missed that discussion, we talked about how tax advantages, rates of return, and commission-based investment accounts can be a bit overrated. But now let's talk about some things, Joel, that are underrated. Some things in the financial world that don't always get the love that they deserve. One of those things being liquidity. 
Yeah, so you know, 401ks, IRAs, annuities, cash value life insurance, they all have their place for most financial plans, but they all come with some liquidity challenges, either because when you take the money out, you're going to pay some extra taxes, or there's a penalty for taking money out. I mean, think of a CD. You can get your money out anytime, so by definition, it's totally liquid, but you also will pay a penalty if you take it out before the term is over. So it's very, very important that Number one, you have money you can access that's totally liquid. At a moment's notice, you can go get money. And we say for any emergencies that you'd have, either around the house, maybe a child that needs a bailout, something like that, um, you want to have that money available right away without penalty. But other money, if you give up liquidity, you can actually increase your rate of return. There's two ways to increase rate of return. One is give up liquidity, and the other is taking more risk. And so maybe that's something you should take a look at in your portfolio if you can get a higher rate of return over time by giving up some liquidity and you have enough liquidity in other places, it may make a lot of sense. So liquidity is important just as is predictability. Joel, why is predictability underrated when it comes to our investments? Well, investments that behave in a predictable manner might not be exciting, right? But if you're relying on your investments for a retirement paycheck or you're going to be pretty soon then having something that's predictable is really, really important. I mean, think about, you know, my grandfather retired and he got a pension. And he never had to think about whether that check was going to go up or down, whether he was depleting his account. It just came in automatically. That's the idea of a predictable investment. An unpredictable investment might mean you own Facebook stock and every time it goes above 200, you sell some shares and when it goes below, you leave those shares alone. So you really don't know what kind of income you're going to generate from that. And if you need that income, it's very unpredictable. So for most of us, there's a balance between the two, but don't underestimate the peace of mind that comes with predictable income. The older you get, and I promise you this is true because I've seen it with my parents, the older someone gets, the more they like that investment where they get a check every month and they never have to think about it. And there's a number of ways to structure that. I'm not necessarily talking about annuities. There's a number of ways to structure that regular check where you don't have to think about the income. Final underrated thing in the financial world is simplicity. You know, a lot of times people seem to make things complicated just for the sake of making them complicated. Joel, simplicity really is underrated when it comes to financial plans. Yeah, and this is kind of a disease that's sweeping across the country. If we could have a vaccination for this, financial advisors making things more complicated than they need to be, um, other people and other businesses making things more complicated. I mean, think about politicians. They make things more complicated. When if you step back, and I just mentioned my grandfather, you know, a while ago who came through Ellis Island, and, you know, he just had a way of keeping things really, really simple. And so many financial advisors tend to complicate things. It's really important in my mind that you keep things simple. And I think it's grossly underrated how important keeping things simple is. And that's one of the reasons why that's our style. Some people don't like our style. They like things really complicated. They want to have all these charts and graphs of what's happening with their investments and do we trade in and out at the right time and what's the algorithm that we're using and so on. Most of our clients just want a reasonable rate of return. They want that predictable income that we talked about. So we really believe in keeping things simple. I think keeping things simple is grossly underrated in our world today. So simplicity, predictability, and liquidity, three underrated items that don't get as much love as they probably should in the financial realm. All right, we answered a mailbag question from John earlier. Joel, let's turn now to Meg, who says, My dad is in his 90s and his health is starting to decline. 
Would it be wise for him to start gifting money to me and my sister while he's still alive so that we don't have to deal with so much estate tax? We've also talked about him signing over his house to us. Well, Meg, those things may or may not make sense. And this gets into a number of issues. One of them is a tax issue. The other is asset protection. The other is, you know, is your dad very competent to make those decisions? Um, Are you and your sister uh, good with money? I think you said your sister, right? Yes. Um, Are you and your sister good with money? Do you have issues like maybe a marriage that's not so stable where maybe you shouldn't take possession of money ahead of time? So very complicated. We would want you to come in and see one of our estate planning attorneys, have that discussion. We'll be glad to do that with you. Um, There's no charge for that unless they draft trusts and documents and so on and so forth. But this is absolutely something that's unique to every single family. No one piece of advice is right when it comes to, you know, a father being in his 90s and health starting to decline. So come on and see us, or if you have a relationship with an estate planning attorney, make sure it's an estate planning attorney, not somebody that's just a general practitioner. Give them a call and have this discussion with them. All right. One final question for you. This is Eric, who says, I'm a big believer in my current company's future. So the majority of my 401k is invested in company stock. I understand that I'm not diversified, but isn't that okay since I know the company so well? No, it's not okay. How's that for clarity? It's, it's <laughs> not on. okay. And Eric. we'll see you next and, week. And, and unless, unless you have, for example, a million dollars in the 401k and $5 million in other brokerage accounts or so on. But, you, you know, and you say you think you know the company well, but tell that to a GE employee. You know, look at that stock. Went from 37 down to what is it, 8, 10, 12 now, and it's been there forever. So much wealth, so much retirement security has been wiped out. Look at Boeing. Who would have thought? One of the greatest companies in the history of the United States. Boeing is in so much trouble over the 737 MAX. How many retirements are being wrecked right now because somebody said the same thing about Boeing? I'm not against having stock in your company, but it should only be a percentage of your overall financial picture, and it also depends on whether you have Social Security or pension. So, again, here's a hot button. I'm not telling you to sell your stock, Eric, but have a discussion with somebody that can put that 401k and the amount of stock you own in the context of your overall financial picture so you understand the risk that you're taking. For most people, they should diversify. There's also some tax advantages ways to get that stock out of your 401k that a lot of financial planners will shortcut. So we could help you with that where you can actually get it out of your 401k on an incredibly tax-favored basis and then cut back on the position at that time. Joel, I think it's important for people to understand that sometimes just having a voice that's looking at things from a different perspective outside of the perspective you've been looking at for so long, it can be helpful. If nothing else, just to shed some new light on some issues that maybe you haven't considered before. I think that's one of the very valuable things about the Money Map Retirement Review Let's give folks a chance one more time before we get out of here for the day to get registered for that. Yeah, it's real simple. Just give us a call. You know, give us a call. If you've been listening to this program for a while, you know that we're just plain spoken. It's good financial advice. And we want to give you the opportunity to make sure you're on the right track. And believe me, if you're on the right track, we'll let you know. If we can improve anything, we'll let you know that. But there's no charge for the appointment. We'd love to get to know you a little bit. Obviously, you've been listening to us for a long time. Of course, that's what the ratings say. Um, Maybe you individually are just tuning in, but most of you have been listening to me for a long time. So give us a call, 1-800-705-1232. Again, that's 1-800-705-1232. 
705-1232. Schedule a time. Come on in. Visit with us. Have a cup of coffee. We'll go through your finances. We'll give you our opinion on them. We'll put it together in a money map retirement review. We'll do an income analysis to make sure you're not going to run out of money or have to reduce your lifestyle in retirement. And you'll leave with more clarity and confidence going forward. And if you want to become a client, that's great. Most people don't. That's okay too. So give us a buzz. one 800 705-1232, and we will look forward to getting to know you. Again, call or text, whichever you prefer. We'll reach back out to you later and schedule a visit for you. 800-705-1232 is the number. That's 800-705-1232. If you're texting, just include your first and last name. If you're calling, just leave a message. We'll connect with you during regular business hours and find a time for you to come in. Obviously, you don't need to have your calendar in front of you right now. All you need to do is say, hey, I'd like some help. We'll work out the details later. 800-705-1232. Joe, always a pleasure. Thanks for your wisdom, as always. We'll do it again right here next week. Same time, same place on Money Wisdom. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program.